without freedom of the press, no democratic form of government could exist. We switch you now to London. I'm standing on a rooftop looking out over London. Good night and good luck. Good evening from our CBS newsroom in New York. NBC presents Chet Huntley and David Brinkley. From ABC, this is World News Tonight. With Peter Jennings in London, Max Robinson in Chicago, and from our desk in Washington, Frank Reynolds. Good evening. This historic legislation, the telecommunications law, will create many, many high-wage jobs. will create opportunities and better lives for all Americans. When the press is free, the people of a country are free. When the press is not free, the people of a country are in danger of slavery. Keeping you informed with information, news, and the views of people making the news. It's the Nicole Sandler Show on NicoleSandler.com and the Progressive Voices Network. All right, we've made it to a Friday, and just barely at that, because uh, we almost got into World War III last night. Uh, we'll get into that as, as the day uh, progresses. If you're watching on YouTube, you see a different camera set up. To my right is the lovely and talented Boca Brittany Summers. Hello, Boca. Hi. Hi. Uh, now, now, what we do something new around here since the last time you were here, and that is I try to start the show each day with a little bit of the funny because we talk about so much deadly serious shit happening um, all the time. And so I thought if we get started with a laugh or two, that's a good thing. Well, I am cocked and ready. Are you cocked and ready? Yes. You know what? Speaking okay. of cocked and ready, I'm, I'm going to pull a switcheroo on you. I was going to play a... Um, uh, 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 what's her name? Um, uh, God, I, I, Lauren Mayer parody. Maybe we'll get to that in later in the hour. But uh, I thought I'd start with one of my favorites of your songs. Uh-oh. It's Boca Brittany Summers. And, uh, well. Prepare to be offended. Yes, do. Here we go. <laughs> Whenever you sit down on my face, the sound comes out my mouth. Whenever you hear that silly little sound, that's my tongue going in and out. Isn't it amazing I still can breathe when you sit on me that way? Not only am I longer, my tongue gets stronger every day. Your moisturizer cream Whenever you squat down on my face When I do my hairy rings I may sound kind of strange Whenever you squat down on my face Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Brit Summer uh, Show. Uh, uh, Where'd you get that yeah, from? Yeah, I don't know. You know what? I think I recorded it off of your show one day because the the, the the you never gave me that song. The only time I heard it one day when I was listening to the Brit Summer Show, which people can hear Sundays on... Uh, WWNN 95.3 right, FM. Right, or at com. Mainly. Right, thebritsummershow.com. Um, and so uh, one day I just turned it on and, you know, you just launched into it with no word of explanation or anything, and I lost my shit laughing. It was so, <laughs> so funny. I'll give, I'll give you the, the file for uh, yes, that. Yes, I need no the problem. file. I, I mean, I don't play that 
often, okay. but yes, I, and Diane Russell in the YouTube chat room wants a copy of that. Well, I, um, I can also provide a super piss boner, and I could bring that. Ooh. Like be in tandem with it. <laughs> So, so that that gives you an idea of the tone of today's program. Um, we, we've got a lot to to talk about today, from the the, the sublime to the serious. Um, so, so uh, for those of you who don't know, Boca Brittany Summers, um, she is a South Florida radio legend, who, um, along with our, our friend George Rodriguez, used to work with the late great Neil Rogers, um, and uh, you know who was a fixture on the air here in Florida for for so many years. Um, and Boca did all these wonderful comedy bits for Neil. And um, yeah, and so, so one thing we should touch on right away is uh, the passing of another South Florida legend. One of the other teams that, that was on the air was WIOD down here in, in Miami back in what, the 70s, 80s? Oh, 80s, no, no, 90s. no. They, they started uh, down here, I think, in 89. 89, on, okay. And Waxy 106, and then they went to WIOD. Okay, because I was already yeah. gone. I wasn't living here at the time. I was out in L.A., so I, I missed when, when did the you bulk go of that. To... I, I moved out to, well, I, you know, I, I moved up to Tampa for college in 78, and then moved to New York from 81 to 85, 87, oh, okay. and in 87, I moved out to Los Angeles. And you missed the golden age. I did. Because that's when Neil went on Zeta 4. Oh, wow. Yeah, just... <laughs> I, I didn't even know Neil was on, on Zeta 4. Anyway, yeah. so so uh, that group, though, that was at WIOD was a legendary lineup. It was Neil Rogers, of course. It was Phil Hendry. Mm -hmm. It was... Um, uh, uh, um, Randy Rhodes. Randy Rhodes. Sorry, I drew, drew a blank <laughs> there. Drew, and and this uh, oh, turn up uh, Boca's mic. Uh, Rick and Suds. And prior to that, Larry King. Before oh, Neil Larry was King. on, Larry That's King right. was Larry on King. here for years. Right. Well, Larry yeah. King was on WINZ. I actually did an interview with him. I think yeah. he was on WINZ. Anyway, when I talked about, it, I was I was at WINZ. Yeah. Well, was anyway. after he was in jail. Um, okay. he, oh, he was on WIOD when they put him in the tombs for uh, skipping off on uh, paying gambling debts Ooh. down at the Calder Racetrack. Wow. Uh, uh, in Gulfstream. Well, you name it. Okay. He wow. money to station management and things like that. But when he got out of jail, he went on CNN and he became the most credible man in the oh, country. Oh, isn't that amazing? Yeah. I, my, here's my, my Larry King story. Back when I first graduated from college, I was in Tampa, and I was working at a, a station, W I W W News One Radio, WNWS, I think it was. Anyway, oh, yeah. um, in Tampa, and and um, John Eastman, who was a local, he was like the Phil Donahue of Tampa Bay. He did mm -hmm. a TV show and he did the radio show, and he was my boss, who at the, the ripe old age of twenty two, he I was twenty two, he was fifty two had an affair with him. Did you really? Yeah, it was this horrible thing do, that I did. Do tell. And it, no, that's not, that's you know not the why? story that because I'm about to tell you. Anyway. That's what, when radio was fun. Yes, it was. Radio was <laughs> yeah. fun back then. Anyway, the, um, he, John Eastman had, I guess, an affair with one of Larry King's wives, and she left him for John. Mm -hmm. And so um, uh, it, w when Larry King wrote a book, his biography, he mentioned the story with his wife running off with John Eastman mm -hmm. on whatever page and so john eastman wrote a book <laughs> and he called it page 53 of another man's book yeah, that's, what, that's where larry, his story larry was, was on wkat at the time okay and he played a pre-recorded tape on the air oh my god and no and one left he went <gasps> back to that's how he found out oh my god same thing that uh, there's a, 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 a khj 
Los Angeles. KHJ, Los Angeles. Humble Harv. Yes. yes. Same, same thing, only he oh, murdered his wife. Oh, yeah. my God. He just yeah. passed away. Well, you know, yeah. look, radio, like any yeah. other industry, has had its moments. Yeah. Um, but we were talking about, uh, sorry, I digress. It's Friday. Um, Rick and Suds. So yeah. Rick and Suds were a legendary duo here in South Florida. My father was addicted to listening oh, really? to talk radio. Oh, okay. And my sister was a huge Rick and Suds fan. Um, I have only heard a few bits of theirs, again, because I wasn't living here at the time, but um, Suds Coleman passed away this week. Yes. And um, we, it was a, a great it, loss. It was a, it was a shock to everybody. We didn't know he had cancer. And whatever, it, and it's, it hasn't been divulged with kind, but whatever he got, it moved quickly. And, he, mm. and it's, it's like, it took everybody by surprise. And uh, for the listeners out there, if you want to go to his Facebook page yes. and uh, scroll down, you can see some of the most hilarious one-liners. Uh, every day he would post something hilarious on there, and it was like our Far Side calendar. You know, remember the Far Side? Oh yeah, guy? sure. And uh, it, it was just—you could get a real good idea about it, uh, how funny he was. And this much I can say, uh, and I know we're talking to an international, national right. audience. Right. A but, lot of people don't know, didn't uh, know Rick and Suds, but... The best way I could describe it, if you've ever known anybody in your life who was, like, just super friendly and warm and lovable, mm -hmm. that was Suds wow. Coleman. Mm. And and, uh, and apparently he... he uh, you said he liked to post these one-liners on oh, Facebook and everything. And he had one final post ready to go for after he passed. And that was... I, I died. I died. <laughs> That's how he would have said it. Right. I died. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. What a what a loss. Uh, I, uh, but mm, you know, it's yeah. the the thing about radio. I think of the radio I grew up with, and I grew up, you know, uh, down here. But I, but I in college, I had a boyfriend who came from New York, and he would get. He was also in radio. Mm. We worked at the the campus radio station, and. Um, he would get tapes sent to him of NEWFM in New York, where we'd hear, I mean, Meg Griffin was my idol. She's who I wanted to be when I grew up. Mm -hmm. But people like Vin Skelsa and, um, God, I, I mean, Dave Herman. This is a perfect example. Dave Herman was a great rock and roll morning show. He did wonderful artist interviews. NEW was the big, like, yeah. album rock station in New York. Well, years after NEW went off the air, a news story broke about Dave Herman that it turned out he was a fucking pedophile. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, the, the, we get these pictures of people in our minds, and we remember them as this in this snapshot of time, and often times with Larry King and with others, yeah. you learn who they really are. <laughs> it's not at all yeah. the person you see. Uh, I guess I should be, um, I'll, I'll pat myself on the back. With me, what you see is what you get. I, I don't think I could be that dishonest on the radio because I think the microphone is a, is a truth detector. I, I know it is for me. It's yeah. very easy to tell when I'm not being genuine. That's why I don't put a facade on on my show. I just right. go on and, and babble. Exactly. But I mean, I could go on and start talking effeminate and all that, but I don't want to fool. People are no better. And I had an interesting interaction with my, my family. has been very cool mm -hmm. with me. And uh, my sister said, you know something? After a while, you don't even see it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Isn't that cool? Right. It's like, it's just, I wish everybody absolutely. would have that attitude. You know, speaking of that, again, our guest today, my co-host for the day is Boca Brittany Summers. Um, when I, you know, you, you actually reach out to me. I'd been meaning to say, come up and uh, let's do a show again. But you said, can we talk about Stonewall? Stonewall? Yes. And in fact, I, a few weeks ago, I had um, a, a guest on the program I, I, who is, it works at the New York City Public Library and who curated this story. 
Stonewall Collection, um, a book of, of a lot of original news stories from then, <laughs> from, from around the time of the Stonewall riots. I hate calling them riots because I don't think they were really riots. It was a regular riot. It was a regular riot. Um, and so... Um, Anyway, uh, so I, I gave you that book, but you said I want to talk about Stonewall. So um, we we only just get the story straight because I okay. leave a lot out. Okay, M maybe he didn't. I mean, I didn't. Well, read it's yet. it's all actual news accounts from then, okay. essays, and and it's it's pretty fascinating. I think you'll enjoy. it. Uh, one of the news accounts was a uh, the catalyst for the riot was a lesbian, and it was, and they didn't ever got her name. Hmm. So the newspapers. All they could do is interview the street people that were, that were witnessing this. Right. So she's only known as the Big Bull Dyke. Oh, my God. Now, remember, this is 1969, that sort of thing. Right. But uh, no, she wouldn't give her name. And uh, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I did, did want to mention that because she's the one who broke out of the police car. Oh, okay. And started all this shit. She wow. said, join and, us, this is enough. And to this day, we still don't know who she is? She never divulged her name. Wow. And, <clears throat> you have to uh, remember that this was not a uh -oh. uh, front page story. This was not a headline. No. Do okay. They, do I, the camera fell down. Did the, everybody the get like a Fox News <laughs> shot? <laughs> yeah, no, they're oh, getting okay. the shot oh, of the right. computer okay. that it's sitting on, that the camera's sitting on. <laughs> this is low tech here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was going to give up my best Fox and Friends pose. The, the legs, <laughs> the legs uh, baby, yeah. the legs. Anyway, uh, Oh, and the, the camera keeps dropping. Okay, hold on. You go. That's because I'm here. It's just out of control. Um, okay, I'm not going to uh, touch so, it again. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I would like to talk about the origins of where Stonewall yes, actually please. came from because it's a fascinating... And, and there's been two movies made about Stonewall. The first one in, from 1995, I highly recommend. Mm -hmm. it, it cost them 50 bucks to make. It's very low budget. Wow. But okay. they, they made a very uh, sincere uh, portrayal of what happened down there. I mean... You could see it's very low budget. Then they made a high budget one, I think, in 2015. Uh, please, ladies and gentlemen, do not watch that movie. It sucks because, as far as transgenders are concerned, they were incidental wow. in the background. Okay, and that, and that's why I want to talk. But about yeah, this. this is an issue because the transgender community has often been pushed into the background of the Stonewall story yeah. of the of the gay rights movement story. Uh, it's uh, you know. Uh, you guys um, are constantly pushed well, out of the... For, for uh, obvious reasons, I find that upsetting today. You, you would think that attitude would have progressed a little right. bit. And it has, but uh, still, I don't want to mention John Waters by name. Yes? He don't like us. Really? Oh, oh I mean, what a shame. I, I, don't, I, mean, I know, I like John Waters. I don't get his attitude. To, and it's like old school gay. Yes. They just had this thing. And what I really value so much about the Stonewall ha uh, happening, the riot, was that... It was the first time that transgenders and gay men banded together and created a united front to move civil rights forward, which was ultimately the result. It was the Mattachine Society that uh -huh. was a big help behind that. Mattachine Society was the first uh, gay advocacy rights group uh, back in 1950. Wow. And nobody really knew what it was. Guy, the guy who ran it was uh, Frank Comedy. And he was tired of all that comedy. <laughs> I guess. So, I guess. Well, he must have been funny. He was, he was a panic. Uh-huh. But he was the man who uh, uh, organized, all, uh, even at the uh, uh, Martin Luther King March, the, the mall, uh -huh. there was a gay uh, protest thing there. Okay. Uh, but back then, 
as the Beatles had to wear suits and ties when they first came out, mm -hmm. that's what the gay men had to do. Clean cut suit and tie. Because the public doesn't mind now. Now, obviously, Brian Epstein was a genius. He said, no, no, put on a suit and tie. People really saw what the Beatles dressed like. It wouldn't right, be. yeah. right. So it was the same uh, marketing strategy that they used, and it worked. It got them into places that they could march and protest, and people left them pretty much alone. But they couldn't include the transgender uh, part of the community because, obviously... You wouldn't wear a suit. You could wear, like, you know, a women's business right. suit, but still you'd get clocked by the public who was super uh, hostile towards the anything gay right. back then. So right. uh, they were talking with each other and working inside, but they couldn't go publicly with the protests, primarily the gay men doing all the protesting, up until Stonewall. Hmm. See, this is where Stonewall comes in. Okay. Now, Stonewall was, uh, that group of buildings was uh, a horse stable's. For a number of reasons, uh, police uh, horses, uh, they used to have uh, Canal Street cowboys who used to patrol the streets to keep people away from the moving freight trains that would uh, run them over right in the middle of the street. Wow, you don't think of yeah. New York City being this, but, but <laughs> so it was. <laughs> Am I going back too far? No, that's fine. <laughs> okay. Keep going. <laughs> so it was just a, a horse stable up until 1930, 1934, I'm sorry. And where, and I don't know, I haven't read this book yet, but where they get it wrong is they said uh, Stonewall opened originally in 1930. Actually, it was on 91st Avenue, the very first one. Really? Because this one was down in Greenwich Village. That it, much I do know. It was. What right. happened was he opened it. There was a uh, series of uh, uh, lesbian books. It was like a, uh, what do you call it, pulp for, for lesbians back okay. then. Mary Casals was the author, and the name of the, her biggest seller was Stonewall. Huh. It's just coincidence because that's not where the name comes from. Okay. But people will attribute it to. So as it turns out, when he opened this place, I think it was on 91st, uh, he opened it as a uh, uh, speakeasy because of the, the well, was it the Olmstead Act? And, I, I don't know. The, uh, well, they couldn't drink. So, okay. Uh, oh, because of the prohibition. Prohibition. Gotcha. Okay. And... Um, as it turns out, though, during the day, it was a luncheon. It was, they called it a tea room. And uh, in the early days of it, uh, lesbians did go there to meet and whatever it was. It was by the village. But at nighttime, it was a, a total speakeasy. And then he moved it from 91st to Down Christopher. To, to Christopher Street. Which right. is right across from uh, Waverly. Right. It's by the point. Right in the, the heart. Of, I know exactly. And, I can picture it. I've spent many an hour there. But that was 1934. Wow. See, that's where they get the story screwed up. Okay. <clears throat> and it w the guy who owned it, <clears throat> his name was uh, Vinny Bonavides. Vinny. Vinny Bonavides. How Vinny. are you? What, hey, you want yeah. a drink? So in 1934, Prohibition was over. It opened up as a restaurant bar. He figured this was a better location. And it was called, as it was in 1930, Bonnie's Stonewall Inn. Hmm. That was the original name. Okay. But people confused it with the lesbian books and said the owner's name was Bonnie. Actually, uh, it was a nickname for uh, Nick Vinnie Bonavides. Okay. Uh, that went on for several years, right up through the 40s. Uh, was, there were so many of them like that, no one made a mention of. It was just there. Right. And it, and it, it closed and reopened in different reincarnations. Now we get to the 1960s. Okay. Stonewall goes out of the original owner it closes okay it's vacant for two years now at that time uh, in new york city being gay was illegal wow in the liberal town of new york city. of course and it's hard to believe now but 
uh, the, uh, the and we're talking about not just transgenders. The gay men had to hide right in New York City, right? Because it was there was no will and grace in the sixties. No. People didn't have a gay best friend, yeah. although they probably did. Yeah, but they don't know. We had Paul Lind, right? <laughs> yes, we about. did, and, and Charles Sid. Nelson Riley. That, oh, that's right, and Billy D. Wolf. Busy, busy, busy. Anyway. Uh, so what the uh, the gay men were trying to find places they could go without getting busted by the cops. Okay. And it was difficult to secure an alcohol license there because it was illegal. So what happens? The mob moves in by several buildings uh, uh-huh. as watering holes for the gays to go to. Now, on the outset, you th- it's not that they were doing anything in favor of the gay community. It was a way to... Uh, actually steal from them because they were selling bottom shelf watered down drinks. Uh-huh. They didn't have a liquor license. What they did was they were membership only. So you had to sign a book with your address and all this to get entrance. Okay. But the main money maker was extortion because they were well known in the village as gay clubs. And who frequented them? The Wall Street guys, Aye. the attorneys right. who right. had to sneak under the radar to go in. And uh, there was a guy there that now when the Genovese family bought it, in 1966, the manager's name was uh, uh, Fat Tony Loria. <laughs> Are you sure this wasn't Jersey? It sounds like a New <laughs> no, Jersey. But you don't hear about this no, part. No, you don't. So, so uh, the manager, it was Fat Tony Loria. It's like the Sopranos, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that's hey, what I said. Tony, sounds like New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. Jersey. So, uh, and then the uh, the door guy or the floor manager, his name was. Eddie the Skull Murphy. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, Eddie, it was his job to get the addresses and take photos, secret photographs of the... Of the gay people. The brokers and, that went in there. Uh, no, uh, no, not oh, so much the gays. It was the... The, the Wall Street yes. people that were frequenting this place. So it became an extortion racket, uh-huh. and they made a fortune doing that. Wow. So, yeah, it stayed open, and it was a place for them to go, but that was the price everybody had to pay. Now, the trans girls went in there as performers. By the way, back then, they were called uh, transvestites. Right. Uh, and gay men, they weren't called gay. They were called homophiles. Homophiles. That was the official government label. Ah, because I knew that homosexuals. No, it was homophiles. homophiles. In fact, on the Mattachine Society office uh, stationery, it said. Homophiles? For homophiles. Wow. Interesting. So file that one. And then uh, when they, uh, after they got the extorting the money, after they got done with that, Mm -hmm. uh, they would, uh, well, actually, First, let me tell you what the what the inside of it looked like. Okay, I can give you the atmosphere. What uh, were you there? I mean, did you? No, but I did okay. a lot of homework gotcha. on this. Gotcha. Okay, because it's 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 significant to me because of the unification part, right? And sadly, all the pride parades and all that they don't know what the hell it, they think it's a parade. Very few of that. We have a museum here in in this part of town. We have mm-hmm. a Stonewall Museum in Wilton Manors. Do we? You okay. find maybe two people in there. Our age. Wow. Which is 39. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So I'll give you what the atmosphere was like prior to the riots. First of all, it was a two-room. It had uh, tables and a bar, and when you walked in, well, the hallway where they marked it down in the book, Mm -hmm. table table and bar. Second room was dance floor and like a little staging area for the girls to lip sync and do little shows and stuff like that. And yeah, they were hooking in there. They were doing what they could. There was a lot of homeless people in there trying to 
you know, make a living or in a lot of cases uh, support a drug habit, what have you. It's like, like any other sure. drinkist, that of sort course. of thing. Uh, and on the particular night of, uh, it was it was June 27th, it was 1.20 a.m., and in the front room on the jukebox was playing Everybody's Talking At Me by Nielsen. Nielsen, yes. And in the back room, the girls were, well, one of the girls was lip-syncing to You Don't Know Me by Leslie Gore. Okay. See, they leave that out of the... Uh, <laughs> So uh, and I'm, now we do the build-up to the riot. What happened was <clears throat> there were a lot of homophobes uh, in, the, in the police. Uh, the 6th Precinct was like the worst precinct. Wow. They made Car 54, uh, you know, Tootie and Muldoon look good. <laughs> they were the worst of the pol- uh, New York police. They weren't uh, New York's finest. They were New York's worst, the 6th right. Precinct. And the, right. uh, the uh, inspector there, his name was uh, Seymour Pine. Okay. Ironically so. Yes. And he didn't want to see more pine. So uh, he obviously kept, not. They, <laughs> <laughs> so he, they kept shut, shutting it down, and uh, but not just arresting them. They would go in and beat everybody up. Wow. They just bashed their heads in. That's when it came to a, a head. Oh, pardon the pun. That, that's when it, <laughs> they've had enough. I mean, it's one thing if it's illegal and you fine them and you take it to jail, whatever it is, and they wind up at, out the next day with, okay. That's manageable, but they were being physically beaten night after night after night by this, under the watch of this guy, Seymour Pine. Wow. (laughs) And uh, it just came to a head that night when the big lesbian woman jumped out of the police car, because lesbians went in there too, but it was primarily, uh, uh, I guess, dragging the back and getting the front. All right. and she just wasn't going to have it. She must have been the size of John Goodman or something. I don't know. The cops couldn't handle her. And uh, she was throwing the cops back inside. And she and now at one twenty in the morning in that part of the city, the streets are loaded with people. Right. So everybody was gathering around. It didn't matter if you were straight. They're watching what the cops are doing to this. And then they joined in. Mm-hmm. They came in. And then, oh, you know what I forgot? I have the, uh, the March song. Oh, we are the girls of Stonewall. They were doing like a Rockettes kit towards the cops, okay, forcing them inside Stonewall. So as they were pushing them outside, the cops were being forced inside. Turns out they had to board themselves up in there because they were afraid of getting hurt. So they had to call for reinforcements. They only had one woman cop in there whose job was to look at penises in the in the uh, ladies' room, oh, and you know she was Republican. So <laughs> when <laughs> When, when she got out, she was the first one to get to the phone, and they called in a cavalry of 300 police. Oh, my God. And so much shit was going down uh, with regular people, not the cops. They even held back. They, they said, we're not going to get involved with so, this. So the, then, did they go into the Stonewall, or, or were people coming out of Stonewall? The fight what? was such. It was choreographed such that the, 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 the cops are going into the Stonewall, and once they got in there... The rest of the community had them trapped inside. They couldn't get back out. So the woman cop had to cl- uh, climb up to the roof to get to a payphone. They didn't have cell phones in 1969. No, they did not. Uh, and one thing that's probably in this book, I hope, that riot went on till the following Wednesday. This was a oh Friday night. Yeah. Wow. And it was not, again... Well, these was, are the actual news articles and everything that were in the paper at that time. Well, yeah, but they weren't, they weren't front page. Right. Uh, right. It, it but, was a blurb. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I have to read this. 
I just wanted to get the record straight because when the Mattachine Society was talking to the transgender community, mm -hmm. which really didn't kind of exist at the time, <coughs> they wanted to uh, advocate for uh, uh, gay rights, but they had no way of doing so. Stonewall made all of that possible. The following uh -huh. year uh, was the very first, it was called, uh, well, it wasn't, the, they didn't call it Gay Pride. No, that that's a recent. Thing. Uh, it, was, it was called uh, gay equality. Oh no, they it was use called the word gay. Uh, the transgender women who who form their own uh, advocacy group. Mm -hmm. It was called the uh, Liberated Gay Front. Oh really? Liberated. Yeah. Are you sure it wasn't from Life of Brian? The you know the People's Front of Judea or the Judean People's Front? And I could have it confused with that. <laughs> but you see, a year later. After the raid, the mm -hmm. mob moved out. The place closed down. Oh, it wow. was empty again. Really? And then it, so they had, they had the first pride parade in front of the empty Stonewall in 1970. Okay. And after that, it became a Chinese restaurant. No. Wow. I don't know what kind. It might have been Cantonese. <laughs> in which but, case, but, you would go there. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, and then uh, it was only until the 90s that the, uh, they seriously wanted to make it a monument. I right. think the city made it a monument first. Uh -huh. Then when Obama, I think 2013, Obama made it a national the historical monument. Right. So no, no one can mess with that now. But what it signifies so strongly with me and why I wanted to talk about this on the show. Someone on the phone? Yes. We'll take oh, a call in a minute. Okay, go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, you want to finish your thought? It's just what the advancements you could make for your own civil rights when you have a unified front. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's not just gay. It's whatever you want to do. If you want to accomplish something, you have to band together, strategize, and do it all at once. Everybody is strength in numbers. And that's what Stonewall says to me. Interesting. Okay, all so, right. So, all right. So, so Boca Brittany Summers is here. If you're listening on the radio and you don't see Brit on your, you're not watching on YouTube. In case you couldn't tell by what we've been discussing for the last thirty minutes or so, is um, uh, Brittany Summers is a transgender woman who, um, uh, again, South Florida radio legend, uh, and obviously, uh, you know, has a lot of thoughts on Stonewall and is sharing the history with us because uh, the anniversary is coming up next week of the, of the riots. It's, uh, it's the 27th. The 27th, yeah. right. All right, so uh, the phone lines are open should you care to check in. 954-889-6410 uh, is the phone number. If you're on Skype, you can Skype in to Nicole Sandler. Um, uh, hi, who's this in the 808 area code? Hello. Hi. The, this is Karen. Hi, Karen. And actually, I'm calling from the I'm calling from the Bay Area of California, home of the Compton's Cafeteria Riot of 1967. Oh. Okay. And uh, first of all, uh, hi, Britt. Uh, I'm actually hi, a few years younger than you, but uh, unlike you, uh, I haven't you know gone all the way. I'm still haven't uh, even gotten on. Are you, uh, are you happy? Yet. Are you Are you happy? Oh, uh, because then, uh, yeah, for for now, I call consider myself trans feminine, right? And then now, go all the way uh, when you want to. First of all, <laughs> um, maybe I I don't know. It depends on finances, like like everybody else. Uh, uh -huh. For first of all, just for clarification, uh, since I moved out to the Bay Area, I had to uh, really get up to speed, you know, on terminology and uh, lingo and so forth uh, with the younger folk. Uh, so one thing I learned that uh, transgender is a is an adjective and an adverb, not a noun, and you get bit slapped if if you're saying the transgenders, you know, mm -hmm. from the from the younger folk. 
Mm-hmm. It's better uh, than transvestite, it, which is, is what they used to say. Do you find a lot – look, the, you know, you, you're mentioning, Karen, the, the terminology that you use. I mean, there's a learning curve here. And, and you, you know, Britt, you've told me before that there, there's some animosity on the part of some in the – in the gay community who aren't necessarily accepting of transgender people. And I, I mean, can't we all be a little more um, uh, tolerant, if that's the right word, of, of people's yeah. learning yeah. curves? Because frankly, we're all trying to be um, uh, awoke and, and and say, use the right words, but so, you don't know until you know. And, and yeah. there, there has to be a way, you know, people who mean well may uh, unfortunately mistakenly say something unintentional that, that that they mean well but mm-hmm. but don't know the right words yet don't know the proper terminology yeah but we're cool with that okay yeah, i hope we so. get it you get it yeah yeah i mean yeah. i mean that uh, even i mean i thought i followed the uh, renee richard uh, uh-huh. battle to become uh, accepted as a women's tennis player and even even nowadays at age 84 she considers herself a transsexual okay and doesn't want to be you know uh, transgender women in sports, unless they went through all the medical processes of surgery and so forth. But uh, that's uh, for a later time. I just want to ask a fun question mm-hmm. to Britt. Yeah. Uh, as I said, I, I haven't uh, medically done stuff, but I still want to look good in a uh, swimsuit. Mm-hmm. You know, for when I get down to the you know really warm beach. Uh, before transitioning, uh, how did you go out in a swimsuit? I mean, what kind of did you have to wear falsies? Did you have to tuck uh, somehow? And uh, I'll uh, hang up and uh, listen for your answer. Right. Thank, Thank you for you calling, for all, Karen. All these, all these okay, bye bye. Thank you for your call. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, yeah. when I first started, I did use 3M on my chest. And if you play that bit, I was making fun of myself. Which bit? The Queen for a Day. Oh, okay. Well, but, you know, I, but before, we'll do that in a minute. Yeah, because. It, I would not mind getting implants, but I have 5,000 reasons why I can't. Sure. Uh, so you do your best. You know what you do? You go tight on top. There's your answer for a swimsuit, tight on top. <laughs> uh, if you can find something that really uh, crushes you on the, on the top and you have uh, uh, false breasts, and the squishier, the better. I mean, I show everybody online here, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's all about fit. And uh, as far as tucking, I mean, some use duct tape but when i used it the warning light went off about your duct tapes falling <laughs> off it doesn't always work so that's called tucking okay that, okay. that is good to know are you done <laughs> which rhymes with yes yeah, yes okay. it does uh boca Brittany summers is with us we've got uh, other call you know what people are calling let's just take the calls hi who's this in the 609 area code hi it's actually uh, the 212 area code, but oh. I'm on a cell phone with 609. <laughs> Hi, Nicole. I'm a long-time listener. I love you, and I love your show. Oh, thank you. What's um, your name? The woman You're... who appears to be a man does have a name. It's Stormé de Lavare, according to uh, Eileen Miles in the current um, issue of Harper's Magazine. Do thank you. Yes, thank you for oh, that. You okay. know I, how many uh, uh, okay. all In the, the articles of I've read, everything. Diane, thank you. Diane Arbus took a photo of her. Yeah. Uh, if you can go online and check out uh, the lady who appears to be a gentleman, mm-hmm. Eileen Miles, in the current issue of Harper's Magazine, they have a whole bunch of uh, 
Stonewall 50 pieces, ah. 50th anniversary pieces. And you know what? Uh, I probably have that magazine, or I don't have it yet. I, 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 uh, Thomas Frank used to write for Harper's, and I used to have him on the show a lot. Mm -hmm. And they now send me the magazine every month. It goes to my post office box. But So I haven't seen this one yet, but when I get could, it, I'll give it to you. Could you give me the name once more? It's uh, The title of the article is The Lady who appears to be a gentleman. Okay. And that is also the title of a photograph taken by Diane Arbus, which is with the article. The article is by um, the poet uh, Eileen Miles, M-Y-L-E-S, and it's in the current issue of uh, Harper's Magazine. Thank you. So, oh, Harper's, okay. Thank you so much for that. Uh, so is it so Stormy De La Larvery? She's one of them. Is, okay. it, it is S-G... O R M E with right an here. accent. Day Lar. Uh, yeah. Yep. Okay. And and, and correct um, me if I'm wrong with Stormy. Day, yeah. Day. You got it. L A R V E R I E. Yeah. She yes, was. She capital was. Capital uh, D E. Capital L A R V E R I E. Got it. She was one of the performers at. Uh, oh really? Yeah. Okay. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but she was also she helped uh, form the uh, uh, United uh, Gay. Well, it's called the Gay Front. I think it was called the. Uh, are you there? Yeah, well, uh, there's a lot about her in the piece, and uh, one of the okay. other writers uh, whose name I can't remember also mentions her. Um, so uh, that clears up that. Oh, thank um, you so much for that. She kicks ass. That's <laughs> awesome. You. All right. Even the cops were. Thank you so much for for the yes. information. I appreciate it. Let's uh, let's go to oh someone calling from 305. You're here in South Florida. Who's this? Hello. Hi, that's you. Who is this? Hey, it's Kevin. Hey, Boca. Nice to see you on the tube. Hi, hi, Kevin. <laughs> uh, Kevin yeah, from a long time. Hey, I'd like to get an update on George Rodriguez. Or what happened to that cryptic son of a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> George Rodriguez, for those who don't know, was yeah. the producer of Neil Rogers' show at WIOD and uh, before and after. He and left us way yeah. too early. No, I yeah. miss him so much. Wasn't and, he a doll? All right, I'll be listening. Okay. Oh, well, oh, wait, buddy. Kevin, well, we got a show coming up next Friday on SoFloRadio.com. George Rodriguez is going to do hey, a tribute. Hey, so, SoFlow is still going, right on. Uh, okay. Last I heard, yeah. yeah. Thank okay. you. I'll so, be looking. Yeah. I'll be listening. So right. so next week, you guys, George and you and whoever else from the old days, are yes. going to do a, a tribute show for Suds Coleman. Yeah, maybe Phil Hendry will call. Phil was uh, very close to Suds, so uh -huh. you may hear from him. That that would be cool. Um, it, You know, I, it's, it's such a radio, is such an incestuous business, because I, I worked <laughs> with Phil Hendry in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. um, it was before, I, I think before he came here to Miami. I was with him in like, right when I moved out to LA in about 1987, I think it was my, my first job in Los Angeles when I moved there, mm. worked with Phil Hendry on a classic rock morning show at KLSX in Los Angeles. Then he came back to Miami and had success doing his no, characters came, and everything. he came here to WSHE for a short while uh -huh. doing rock. Okay, and then, and then maybe he, that was before L.A., yeah. and then he came back to the W.I.O.D. W.I.O.D., that's when he went out with his characters, and it was Right, and, and, he, yeah. and he hit big. Yes. Um, all right, back to the phones, because everyone wants to call in and talk to Britt. Hi, Hi, who is this in the 540 area code? Hi, this is Ryan. I love the show. Hi, Ryan. Um, Hi, Ryan. Yes. Well, when I first saw Miss um, Summers, I didn't know that she was, he, I did. I thought she was the cutest woman I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but uh, well, you want to date? Anywho, I, I didn't. I didn't know. Cause I'm like, 
this, it, I, didn't, I, I was so flabbergasted, like, whoa, this is a woman. It's a man. <laughs> well, whatever. But anywho. Yeah, if I she's whatever you want her to be. Yeah, if, if, if I go to a restaurant, I keep my mouth shut, I'm fine. <laughs> hey, man, listen, do what you do. Um, <laughs> I have a question, though, and I don't want to be inappropriate, so I want to be, you know, polite. When a man approaches you to, for a relationship or some form of companionship, how do you deal with telling those men that may be, you know, straight or heterosexual that you're an antisexual person? No, that's easy. If they're not initially attracted by that part, that's the first thing you say. And sadly enough, enough trans women don't mention that. Wow. And that's how they get hurt. Right. You have to be upfront and honest in this life. Otherwise, you get hurt. Yeah, because we've heard mm -hmm. the stories of, oh. of uh, mostly with like famous actors or comedians that they get in the car and all of yeah. a sudden see a, an appendage I mean, yeah. that they didn't realize was there and things get ugly. I don't know where to find the humor in that, but <laughs> it's just, I've Not never funny. done that. No. Yeah. Well, because, you know, my wife and I, we watch Jerry Springer and <laughs> we end up, I'm sorry. and I always, I'm you know, sorry. tell my wife, man, these women are attractive. And then you start to notice that they have the, male voice and they're impersonating a female yeah. and so you you kind of ask yourself these questions like how does it feel for them trying to be what they weren't born but trying to but i guess having to lie to sort of get accepted because yeah. how we still live in a very anti-sexual behavior oh, yeah. kind of world where that sort of thing is not acceptable still oh, yeah. regardless of how much progress we've made it's still not as formally acceptable, particularly among black men, you know, it's well, just not, I don't know that, about that. that's not cool with us. I don't know about that. <laughs> so, I haven't run into that. Too well, <laughs> I mean, well, I'm going to be honest with you, man. It, it's, it's sort of taboo in our community, but it's sort of on the down low when it comes to the hip hop generation. Is it really? You know, See, that I didn't know. Yes, it is. Actually, a guy wrote a book about life on the down low. And wow. I didn't start really noticing this until 2004 when I watched Oprah Winfrey's show. And there was a gentleman that resembled um, the late R&B singer Barry White. Mm -hmm. And he had the similar face features of Barry White. And he was talking about how he was married for so many years. But when he'd go on road trips, he'd be having antisexual intercourse with other men what is anti-sexual what, what is anti this is new on me there's new Ant definitions every day Ant so don't feel bad I, I don't even know what that one is. anti okay i'll explain i'll explain ladies anti-sexual anti-sexualism is when a male or female rejects the natural order of sexual intercourse to do anti-sexual behavior with the person of the same gender but why is it anti-sexual it's sexual you're having sex whether the person's of the same gender or not yeah Okay, good, good, good point. The natural sex between one man and one woman is the is the producer. No, 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 Ryan, no. Natural sex is sex between two human beings. You know what you're doing? You're overdefining it, and that's what everybody's doing right now. No, in fact, I got. Thank you for the call, Ryan. Chris in the in the chat room asked an interesting question. Says, "Can Boca explain the continually expanding initialism? First, it was LGBT, then LGBTQ, then LGBTQ plus, and I've also heard there's LGBTQIA, BCD, EFG." Because they, they, there's a thing called uh, marketing and, and uh, public relations, mm -hmm. and they never took a course in that. Uh -huh. now, now, originally, like I said, the Mattachine Society was the first 
recognizable advocacy group for gay rights. Mm -hmm. They kind of not really disbanded, but they splintered out into different groups like the uh, Gay Rights Front, uh, and then and then because and then eventually uh, evolved into the LGBT. Now LGBT was fine. Lesbian, because for gay, it, bisexual, transgender, and, and 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 anybody else under that umbrella, really, you don't have to. Right. Uh, uh, only because, and if you want to make it the size of the alphabet, fine. But you're, what you're losing is understanding. You're, you're not creating a bridge of communication to those who don't understand, and that's where they miss the point. Now, the straight society, otherwise known as cis. Ah, that, now, CIS. Yeah, yeah. For, now, yes. that pissed you, me off because my friend, uh, who I've known for a hundred years, I said, "By the way, uh, you know you're a cis." <laughs> he, he said, and he was right. Huh? I'm a cis woman. <laughs> he said, "What's a cis?" I said, "Straight." And he's like, "What?" Uh, it's like, okay, really? continue to confuse yeah. everybody yep. and make it a strange, a strange foreign thing to them, and we're never going to make any advancements. So, and and this is the problem with the gay community because they're the ones redefining every goddamn a, a definition of who we are, what we are. You know, we are human we're people. Beings. We're right. just humans that that are here. You know, I'm this. I'm labeling that, and and I'm I'm, I'm going to take it a step further because this is going back and music. Mm -hmm. uh, the television cable news mm -hmm. that's that that's my i call it segregation and you know why in why? the 50s you had black music stations you had your yep. white music yep. Yep. 60s all came integrated together, right? every yeah. we heard yeah. everything now what do we got you want your rapids over here you want your rockets over there you want so nobody gets a sampling of everything and once people get a sampling of me they're <laughs> fine <laughs> You see? I so, see. Oh, thank you. All right. Boca Brittany Summers is with us. She said this song is somewhat autobiographical. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Brave young men who shave their chests. Spray 3M to mount fake breasts. Trim their nests with burning pain so they can be for a day with wig placed upon their head smooth nylon legs and a slutty dress rouge on their cheeks and body spray now they're ready to play queen for a day stumbling out in five inch pumps to go hobbling about the clubs in the hope of getting laid so they can feel like a queen for a day meeting friends at the cabaret for the judy garland cavalcade this bent like this so fan and fade floating on the stage Queens for a day Encountered by A drunk sports fan Who says Hey baby I wanna be your man Grabs a clump But he won't complain It's a date he'll pay With a queen for a day Woo! 
Oh, hold on. I, I, we, we, need, we need a round of applause for that one. <laughs> Boca Britney Summer. So Diane Russell in the chat room says, where is she getting these hilarious songs? I made That's it. what Chaprick does. I put it she, in my kitchen. Yeah. I baked them. You, you, you need to do more. Um, I, I, I pulled a couple of the old bits that I, that I used to play a lot. Uh, they, they are just very, very funny. They're not all songs, so everything you do is not a song. Right. Um, one of my favorites of your uh, uh, bits, they're comedy bits, okay. is this one, which you sent me, uh, I don't know, it's got to be 10 years ago already, when fracking was just becoming uh, a big deal. Yeah. And um, again... Uh, here's a, another Boca Brit production. Every day, all around the world, energy is being produced like to power it. our lives. I love this one. While energy development comes with some certain risks, like flammable tap water, North America's natural gas producers are committed to safely and responsibly earn a healthy profit and enrich ourselves. We'll attempt to win you over with this simplified cartoon and heavily edited copy that says filling instead of drilling thousands of feet below freshwater sources. This cartoon shows a harmless tube penetrating the Earth's surface. We like to think it's your ass. The harmless gas is then stored within self-contained well systems that blemish the landscape and are placed in your backyard. And using state-of-the-art monitoring technologies, Wait, the copy runs off here. <clears throat> Rigorous lobbying efforts help us ensure our operations will continue to provide safe and clean explosions for our communities and kitchens. We're America's natural gas. Kiss our ass. You know, when, when you did that, there were spots running all over cable TV from America's natural gas. And you used the same music I and the same... It. Everything and it was just—I mean, we haven't seen those ads in a while, but it's still fucking funny. Because they, the copy would run over itself, right? Because <laughs> they were bullshitting themselves too. When right. They it, so. Of course, it was perfect. But uh, you know, you—you you did a lot around that time dealing with energy. I like this one too. Okay, listen. Somebody has got to get serious. Well, I think that uh, we need sky's the limit on what we can gouge you for a gallon of gas. And as uh, long as we don't have any oversight or regulation, Wall Street can speculate all they want. And there's not a goddamn thing you can do about it. You hear about alternatives, right? Wind, solar, algae. I think that'll work on a large scale, but it won't be any more affordable. The reality is we're big oil, and what that means is we can ram our fists so far up your ass we can tickle your tonsils. I mean, what are you going to do? Write an angry letter to President Jello? We gotta get on this now. Get on this, lady. At Chevron, our scientists are hard at work developing a mechanical dildo that rapes you as you bend over to fill the tank. Chevron, gas prices high as the sky. You won't complain. Yes. <laughs> And again, that was taken from a real Chevron commercial that ran ad nauseum. In fact, the woman's voice was actually from the commercial, yes. wasn't it? Yeah. Just brilliant. They, they handed me the material. Yes, they did. By the way, to Jay Dermott in the YouTube, Durbin in the YouTube chat room, yes, that is Boca Brittany's voice that opens the show, um, doing that that open. I've got a bunch of older opens that, that you did that... Um, <laughs> It, it, that that first of all, because I used to call it radio or not, it don't work anymore. But um, I, I you did a whole bunch of different intros for the show and everything that um, that I used I to did rotate. A lot for you. Look you did at all you that did work a lot I did for, for me. You. I know there was just a whole lot yeah. of stuff like um, 
I don't even know what this one is, but um, a lot of your bits poke fun at radio. And for instance, we both worked at some point, I believe, for iHeartRadio. No, I was lucky. I got out. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, I don't, I don't even know what this one is, yeah. but it's it's called iHeartRadio Management. All of us here at Clear Channel are working nonstop to collect every radio station on Earth <laughs> so that you can hear one clear message on iHeartRadio. Now that we've redefined an anemic point three to be a big ratings number, Bain Capital and management agree. We need more right-wing hacks and homogenized music on the air. It's our firmly held belief, with our dicks firmly held in our hand, that this is what the management of public demands. In celebration of the Joe Goebbels playbook, Clear Channel and Premier Management would like to express their I-heart-felt perception of the American listening audience. It speaks and wops and niggers and kites oh. with noses as long as you're wrong. It's, it's mix and chips and books and geeks and honkies who never left the farm. Okay, so that yeah. gives you an idea <laughs> when I pulled it random. That, I, that, by the way, that, that was Firesign Theater at the end. Was that? From their All oh. Hell Marks and Lennon album. Okay. And, and one of uh, Tom Hartman's favorite comedy teams that he still has on. The, the two of them died, but it's, I think Phil Proctor's still alive. I, I don't know. Okay. They were, they, uh, Firesign Theater was everybody underground rock oh, band. Oh, I remember Firesign Theater. They were the right. comedy sure. band. It was like National Lampoon. It was yes. like a um, uh, 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 Second City kind of. Yes. Um, and that song they sang was a cop. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so it makes sense now. <laughs> So, 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 if you're enjoying the comedy of of Boca Brit Summers, you can listen to her show. Um, the best way is probably through the the website thebocathebritsummershow.com. Yes. The, yes. the and I will put a link on the blog on my blog today at nicolesandler.com. Thebritsummershow.com. You know, we we haven't talked about any news or anything today, Good. which is kind of nice. Um, just the the one thing we didn't talk about that that we you know uh, that that I think is going to weigh heavily on all of us just to get. Serious for a moment is the orange moron in the Oval Office almost started a war with Iran last night, and so he's he, the the, the uh, New York Times broke the story last night that said that um, uh, the the planes were in the air and the um, I, I have it here it says planes were in the air and ships were in position but no mo- no missiles had been fired when word came to stand down. This, a particularly disturbing paragraph in the story, I pulled out this paragraph, reads, It was not clear whether Mr. Trump simply changed his mind on the strikes or whether the administration altered course because of logistics or strategy. It was also not clear whether the attacks might still go forward. Oh, my God. I think Putin called them. Yeah, you probably did and said you don't want to do that. And he's like, oh, my God, yeah. let's p- call them back. Well, he sat for an interview. He's going to be on Trump. will be on Meet the Press on Sunday. Oh, my God, Donald Trump and Chuck Todd. How lucky can we get? But um, apparently they they talked about this. And um, here's what here's what Trump said to Chuck Todd about what happened. So did you greenlight something or had you said... Yeah. If Nothing's, we do it, I'll do this. What was yeah. it, what was the order you gave? Nothing is green lighted until the very end because things okay. change, right? So and you never gave a final no, order. No, 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 no. But we had something ready to go, subject to my approval. Okay. And they came in. You know, the whole thing, everything he says is a lie. Yeah. And uh, you know, Putin very well might have called him last night and said, "Oh no, don't do that." And and he would back off. The other thing is I think he's chicken shit. He 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 threatens and threatens and then never follows through on any not that i want him to mm-hmm. 
but God, the man is so demented. Oh my God! I don't. I, I, again, I say this all the time. I don't know how we're going to make it through. These staged events are so stupid and poorly put together. You think at the Gulf of Tonkin, at least that was well planned, right? This that one lie. is ridiculous. So. And then they're they're trying to tell you that Iran and and Al Qaeda are plotting together. <laughs> know, they they so... don't. They're they're totally they're 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 polar opposites. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing is just. Just oh my so I'm noticing now a lot of people like if you know got to run in your stockings. Uh-huh. I blame Iran. So a- like anything <laughs> happens, if the show got a false start today, like you yes, had, you the know, show had a false start. It was start because of today. Iran, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it's yeah. all Iran's yeah. fault. God damn it! All right, anything else we didn't touch on that we need to get to today? I, I feel like we're missing something. Oh, well, talking about touching on things, that's our old radio days. We could get on that next show. That's more material. <laughs> the old radio days. Yeah. yeah, there was a thing. It was just uh-huh. yesterday, by the way. Uh, there was a, a, a article that I found that I shared on um, you know, Facebook that, that says yesterday, it marked, yesterday marked, the, and I closed it out, the, the anniversary of when radio consolidation officially started back mm-hmm. in 1996. Yeah. This was... You know, Bill Clinton and the Telecommunications Act, which Britt references in the open to the show that plays every day, yeah. it's what destroyed the radio industry. And, mm-hmm. you know, thankfully, the, through the magic of, of podcasting um, uh, and, and outlets, I guess, like, you know, the Progressive Voices Network, uh, we can still get out there. Uh, you know, thank goodness, because mm-hmm. if, if not for this technology, um, I don't know what I'd be doing right now. Just real quick before, how much we got? We got two minutes. Oh, uh, that bit you just played yes. about Clear Channel. Yeah. That was from 2001, right after 9-11. And oh, I'll tell wow. you why I made that. Because of the, the list of songs yes! that, about bridges that and the, waters that, yeah. that, that the, the Clear Channel and, put out a list of songs yep. that they suggested you not play in the wake of 9-11. And, and their were... comedy division, which was called Hazardous at the time, <laughs> appropriately, right? and used to be uh, American Comedy Network, great. Right. But they ruined it. I got an email I have somewhere... From their uh, director, uh, do not mention Rush Limbaugh. Do not say anything negative about our mighty president. But I oh have my the email. God! Well, yeah, and, so, and 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 yeah. songs like "Bridge Over Troubled Water" were on the list because anything that it had a bridge or, yeah. I mean, it was just insane. Imagine yeah. was on that list. Ima- imagine was on that so list. Imagine religion. Oh my God! Um, one last question. Great voiceover sound. Does Boca have an extensive resume of films or perhaps animation voice jobs? Uh, next show we could cover all next that. Next show area. we'll That's cover all that. All right. Yeah. And then the following show we'll talk about my dates. Okay. It sounds so like stay a deal. Tuned. Again, find Boca Brittany Summers at the Brit Summers Show. S O M E R S, and. Um, uh, and listen, because she does great work. Um, yeah, Diane Russell said, so glad you had Brit on. Never heard of her until today, but got her website bookmarked. Well, thank so you. So that's good. Um, she's an old, dear friend, and, um, you know, we don't do this often enough, so we will. You want, what, what are we doing? The uh, brunch with Brit? We could do that. Brunch with Brit? We, can do we were doing it. We'll talk about it. Okay. We'll talk about it. We'll talk later. Right. And we'll talk okay. later. Okay. And with that, we're done. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. If you're in South Florida and want to adopt a dog... Come find me at the Broward County Animal Care and Adoption Center because I volunteer there on Sundays now. Thanks, everyone. See you next week. Bye. Bye.